Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Welcome to part two of Shaped for Mission. And we are shaped by God to give him glory and we give him glory by fulfilling his purpose in our life. We hope you are doing that, and if you're not, we're praying that these programs would help you to know. We did part one last weekend, and it's podcast, so you can go to AFR.net and look for Exploring Missions, and you can look on that if you after you hear this. I'd like to have heard part two, so uh, we appreciate Devin doing all that for us. Well, Nathan, our co-host is Nathan Harper, by the way. We are shaped for mission now. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, so the word shape serves as, as an acrostic, S-H-A-P-E. And so the last program, we talked about the S and the H. S, spiritual gifts, and H, heart. And so we talked how God has given his spirit indwelling every believer. And from that, the spirit gives specific individual gifts to each person. And those spiritual gifts are for the building up of the body of Christ, but they are also useful on the mission field, wherever that mission field is, like we talk about all the time, across the street or, or around the world. And so there are missionaries all over the world using and utilizing their spiritual gifts. And so we're encouraging all of us to not just discover what our spiritual gift is, but to use it and get out there and activate it and see what God can do as we're living on mission. Same thing with our heart. Another word for heart is passion, what God has given us a passion for or what passions develop in our lives as we journey and follow Christ and we have new experiences and meet new people and see new needs. You know, a lot of our, we didn't get really talk about this as much last week, but a lot of our heart is developed. A lot of that passion comes about when we see maybe something wrong, when we see needs or we see hurt or we see something not according to the way God wants it to be. And God prompts us and stirs something in us to do something about it. That's our heart. God has put a burden on us to do something, to, to work towards something, to say something. And so just here's an example when we talk about looking at our heart and our passion in the mission field. Right now, statistically, for every one million uh, Muslim people in the world, okay? And when you talk about Muslim people, a lot of people immediately, their first response is fear or to draw back. And initially, that was personally my first response when I thought about Muslim people. The first time I really ever thought in any depth about Muslim people was after September 11th, 2001. And probably a lot of us was the first time we really looked at Islam and looked at what Muslim people believe. And for a lot of us, at least for me specifically, there was a lot of fear involved in that. But God 
through a lot of different ways, and I don't want to retrace all that, but a lot of different ways, God changed my heart toward Muslim people. And I don't, I do not love Islam, but I love Muslim people. Amen. And, There's a big difference, isn't yeah. there? Oh yeah. And so God has given me a heart. So right now in the world, statistically, for every one million Muslim people, there are only two, two Christian missionaries working among every one million Muslim people. Now, that's not enough. Sociologists have studied this, and they say the most dynamic, outgoing personalities. We'll get to personality later today. But think about extroverted people that you know. You might be one. I'm not one. Dad, you're more of an extrovert than I am. But the most extroverted people on earth, typically in their life, on average, get to know about 1,500, 1,000 to 1,500 people in their lifetime. Now, you wouldn't be able to remember all of them and list them all, I don't think. But generally, extroverted people know about 1,500 people. Now, that's the extroverts. Take two extroverted missionaries. They're going to get to know about 3,000 people. So 3,000 people, and we're talking about a million Muslims. So statistically, two Christian missionaries per every million Muslims. I'm trying to say that's not enough. Right. We need more people to have a heart to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to Muslims. And it's the same thing with Hindus, Buddhists, whatever people group you want to say. God wants to t- develop his heart for people and put that in our heart. So when we're restricted in going to some of these places where Muslim people live, mm-hmm. what has happened? Many of them have left those countries and have come to places where we can reach them. Yeah. Now, that doesn't exclude us not going to them. I'm right. not suggesting that. Yeah, you're that. talking about political restrictions yes. or governmental. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're going to get to that in abilities sometimes yeah. because your abilities, you can go to these places That's right. that, uh, quote, preacher Bert Harper yes. could never go to. But because of someone who is an expert in agriculture, they can go there. Someone who knows something about oil mm-hmm. and using that oil, they can go there yeah. and 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 be a witness for Christ. So the heart and abilities can yeah, coordinate, can't they? And that's what God does. He lines up those spiritual gifts, that heart, and now we're talking about, A, abilities. And he lines all of that up to give us our distinct shape and that shape that we've been given by God. And that He's in, we got to know he's currently continually shaping us it's not a one-time okay now there you go go off and do your thing (laughs) he's always with us he's always working to change us and make us more like christ so as that's going on we are shaped to do the work to build up the body of christ but at the same time to see his kingdom advanced by proclaiming the good news of jesus to all the earth one more thing i want to say don't let fear dominate you yeah. See, that's when it dominates you, it paralyzes you from being effective of what God wants you to do. Yeah. And because of the reality of relationships that you made in research, overcame that fear with a passion of love. Mm. And so we're praying that for many of those who are listening for us yeah. today. Abilities. When I think biblically of all the things that God's given us, there's nothing more, in my opinion, that shows God using abilities than when he decided to build the the ark Mm. in the tabernacle Mm. and then the temple. 
Yeah. I mean, the craftsman, the skillsman that God used in doing that work, that was major. That was God's heart to, to have the ark there. And he gave them specifics what to do. Just let me read some of this passage, Nathan. This is from Exodus, and I, I hope it'll be a blessing to you. It would be good to do a study of that and just see if who, look who God used yeah. in that. And then we'll get to the New Testament who he used. But listen to this. Exodus 31, 2 through 5, to design artistic works to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting jewels for settings and carving wood and to work in all manner of workmanship. What a list. It's an amazing list, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, a lot of work going on. There is. And it's people that work with gold, people that work with bronze, jewels. When it says in verse 3, when people have these abilities, they're filled with the Spirit of God. God gives them spirit. Notice what it says in Exodus 35, 10 through 19. All who were gifted artisans among you shall come and make all that the Lord commanded. These men and women, they were from every tribe, and they were not all priests, Nathan. They weren't all priests. These are just regular folks. Regular folks. Yeah. Exodus 35, 31. And he, this is so important, he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding. Talking about the craftsman. God has filled them. And in Exodus 36, 2, every gifted artisan in whose heart was stirred. Here we find that combination that we're talking about, a heart, your passion, and your ability. In other words, when your heart is stirred, does it give you the capacity to use those abilities for God's glory? Absolutely. And that's what we started out. When you see all these abilities that you see here, Moses, again, did it for the glory of God. But then when you come into the New Testament, now what was Paul's, his, his, uh, he had been trained, yes, to feed a Gamaliel, but his vocation was a tent maker. Mm-hmm. And yep. how many times did that come into play when he was? I mean, a, everywhere he went, he was, God was using that ability of making tents or repairing tents to, one, give him sustainability. He would be able to hire his services out to be able to live and eat and stay, maybe rent a place, you know, where he was serving. But it also gave him access to people in the marketplace. Aquila and Priscilla came on board. They were tent makers, yeah. too. They had so fellow co-workers. Co-workers. In, in, not just in the gospel, but also in tent making. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. So we find out abilities not only demonstrate what you can do for God, but it as you said, connectivity. Yeah, We miss out on that sometimes, the connectivity people have at work. And when you're at your job, the ability God's given you to do it, when your hands find to do it, do it with all your might. Yeah. And you come into connection with individuals and they see your good works, they'll glorify God. When people know you concerned where you work, that's a mission, Nathan. Yeah. Have you heard that? People don't care what you believe until they believe you care. Mm-hmm. And you need to demonstrate that with your abilities. Can you use your abilities to help others? Oh, all, all the time. Absolutely. It's not just for yourself. And it's not even, I mean, it is for in part for the building up of your local church ministry. But it again, like we said before, it's outside the walls of the church. And your abilities, your skill sets, your job you know, your work that you're doing. The very first verses that you're reading today talked about work. And so 
our work gives us access to people who don't have access to the gospel. And so we can, we have, we, because of our work, we can become that access. Um, so, now, yeah. We, you know, we treat worship time as work. That's, uh, if you relate that to a football game, church is like the huddle. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. where you huddle and say, which players yeah. are we going to run? Right. And then they go, go to the line, and then they go out. The receiver goes this way. The lineman does this. The center tells the line, okay, for this play, and he calls out something, and each one of them knows what to do. And uh, so they had those abilities. And But w- sometimes we feel like the worship time is the – Work time, yeah, like we've, we've done everything that we've been put on earth to do by coming and sitting in a pew, listening to a sermon, maybe staying awake and singing a few songs. How many people really use their abilities that they have in worship? I mean, it's very few. The limited abilities are at work. And unfortunately, a lot of churches, very few people are able to actually use their abilities Tip in the typical one hour, two hour worship service. And and we're we're talking about going. And we're not downplaying that. that. No, we're not. We're just saying there's more to it. And, and I use this a lot. God is amazing to me, and we're going to get to that when we get to the E about experience. But in our day, when there's so much security, it's brought a lot of men and some women to do work at church that they never thought they would ever be asked to do. But they're asked to develop a security plan to protect the children, to protect those who are there. What an opportunity. Yeah. And so God does that. God uses abilities that people have. Now, when it comes to going somewhere, men and women who have special abilities, agricultural, I would say also computer skills, language skills, language skills, ability there, Nathan, yeah. That's invaluable. How many oh, yeah. times, uh, even here, teaching English as a second language with a group of people that want to know English and they're refugees that's come and they're trying to learn the English language. And what an opportunity, right? Yeah, and you do, you do not have to speak correct, proper English to be able to teach English. You mean I could do that possibly? <laughs> you can actually do it, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, that would be amazing. They asked me, why do you, I'm teaching English. They, my uh, English teachers would be laughing right now yeah. if they but heard that possibility. You just have to love people, you know, and and God could put you in place. I, I actually, for a couple of years, taught driving in Atlanta, Georgia, of all places, and so I, I prayed a lot, but God even used... And I don't consider myself a great driver. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good driver, I guess. But God can use even that to uh, connect with people and then connect those people with the, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're talking about going to places. You may have, I know several, we've had them on our program, that were agricultural specialists, and they were to go into areas that they needed help with agriculture, and they were able to help them in doing so. They planted churches. Now, you're not able to do that in every place because some of the places that you and I talked about earlier that are strategic places, you couldn't start a church there. But they're needing some skilled people to do some things. And do you get, uh, would you get in trouble sharing the gospel? Well, some of those, but they'll see you. The Bible says they'll see your good works. They'll see your good works and, and be ready to give an answer to them when they ask you the faith that is in you. Yeah. So you don't need to waste your abilities. 
really, I'm thinking of two things here when we talk about abilities on the mission field. One is what you just were talking about, your abilities that God has given you or allowed you to, to grow and develop, where it's a skill set, maybe it's just job, work experience, maybe you have a really great resume, maybe you're just good at something. God can use that to, and usually it requires some sort of moving around. It may not, but it, a lot of times it does. But God can use that on the mission field to give you access to people who don't have access to the gospel. And you become their access to the gospel. And it's through your workplace, through your job skills, through your skill sets. And whatever it is, whatever you can think of that you might be good at, God can use it on the mission field. Now, some jobs, some skill sets are more valuable than others in some countries and some places. But you can do the research. We've even done a show about that, about how, you know, whether it's IT that you're involved in, whether it's teaching that you're involved in, teaching English. And it really is not difficult to get licensed in teaching English as a second language. And you can go uh, some pretty restricted countries through teaching English, whether it's medical. It, it could be almost anything. God can use it. The second thing is right from the beginning, you talked about, you read those passages in, in Exodus and places where people were working. God is interested. Well, this is amazing to me. God is interested in the quality of our work. That's, that's amazing to me. But it, it shouldn't because God is the creator. He does. He made all things. Work, yeah, he? <laughs> he did it. He said it was all good. Yeah. And he said it was very good when he made us in his image. And so think about this. Our workmanship is a witness. The quality of our work points to the quality of the God who made us and how good he is and how great he is. So let's do good work, whatever it is that God's given us the ability to do, but also leverage that for his glory on the mission field. Amen. The fourth letter is P, and it stands for personality. And we've already talked about the introvert and the extrovert. There's many ways that people use that, the DISC method, their you know, type A personality, driven personality. Uh, Gary Small is my favorite. He did it with animals, you know, lions and, and otters and beavers and golden retrievers. Mm. And uh, so regardless of your personality, God can use you. And, yes, some of us are more outgoing than others, and uh, we present ourselves outwardly. But that personality that God has given you, kind of makes your spiritual gift unique. Yeah. In other words, like the spiritual gift, uh, I have the, God's given me the spiritual gift of encouragement. That's that's the driving force in, in far as a spiritual gift. But my personality helps me to do that yeah. in doing so. Someone who is an investigator and teacher, when you talk about teaching with a spiritual gift, it's people that get into the Word and they write it out. Some of the greatest teachers I've ever met outwardly are introverts yeah. because they, they're they not hyperactive like Bert Harper is and got to go here and got to go there. They can sit down for hours and they can get into the Word, and then when they deliver it, it's such. And God uses these personalities, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. It's kind of like the flavor. You could have the same dish, but you have different kind of flavor mixed in with it or Think about this, like this morning I had a cup of coffee, which I don't every morning, but today I did, and I didn't have just plain, straight, black, strong coffee. I always doctor mine up. <laughs> I had to, I have to add some flavor, you know. I put a little milk. I actually put 
some of you might laugh, I put a little hot chocolate packet in there, made, it, made myself a mocha. But the coffee itself was actually a caramel nut flavor. So I had all those flavors mixed into that coffee. Did I have coffee? Yeah. But I had my own little twist to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of our personality is our own little twist that God has given us. He's shaped us with that allows us to do the, the work that he's called us to do and carry out the functions using the spiritual gifts that he's given us. And it all mixes in there together. And it makes it unique. Yeah, it does. It really does. And that's the reason you'll have a, a pastor, you'll have a teacher, you'll even have a craftsman. And uh, they do their work completely different because of all the added things, and especially the personality. Yeah. I, the personality in marriage makes a difference, you know. And uh, so find out what your personality is. You can take a test. You can get online. and But most of the time, you know if you're extrovert or introvert. Yeah. And, uh, but yet each one of them has their own uniqueness. And then you put that with a spiritual gift. You put it with your passion. You know, someone who is extrovert and has a passion for children and they're wanting to win them to the Lord, you put them in, the, you know, yeah. they, they do their job uniquely. And let me just add one more thing about personality. And this is sort of a, a warning or maybe just more of a, uh, a point of prayer. You know, on the mission field, and you've probably even heard us say this before on different programs, but on the mission field, the number one reason why missionaries leave the field early and don't return to the mission field. The number one cause of burnout among missionaries is because interpersonal relationships. They can't get along with other teammates. And so personality has a, I guess you could say, a dark side to it if, if it's not surrendered to the Lord. Everything is under the Lordship of Christ, but we have to actively surrender that on a daily basis. Our personality, none of us are perfect. There's some sharp edges. There's some rough spots to each of our personalities. And especially the people we're closer to, they get to see those and feel those, and we could rub people the wrong way. If we're not submitting to one another in love, if we're not surrendered to to the Lordship of Christ, those personalities can do great harm even on the mission field. My wife, Jan, and I do family revivals, marriage conferences. I tell folks, not because we know it all, it's because we struggle through it all yeah. and still together. But uh, And the things we've learned, we try to share. But part of that, we, we cover personalities. And what, what we try to say is the, the feeling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Without the feeling of the Holy Spirit, your personality, no matter what it is, will not be lived to its fullest maximum potential. Yes. No matter what personality that is, the ad, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh has the idea all those weaknesses that all the personalities have uh, the, the Holy Spirit comes and helps you overcome yeah. those difficult and negative yeah. things. He's our sufficiency. He is our sufficiency in every way. Yeah. Our shape. We're looking at our shaped for mission. S-H-A-P-E. S spiritual gifts. H is heart or your passion. A is ability. P is personality. What about the E, Nathan? So E is experiences. You could also kind of couple that with education if you want, educational experience, but mainly just experience in life. And so, Well, the, the school of hard knocks is a yeah, good experience. And we all have various degrees and experiences and lots of different things. 
and God uses all that together. Um, we've kind of been talking about our shape as an individual, and that's true. But God, the awesome thing is we're the body. We're a team. We're Amen. a mission team together. And he puts all of that together, how we're shaped together, almost like a, we're a puzzle piece, and we've got to fit in with the puzzle pieces around us to present a true picture, a full picture of who God is in Jesus Christ. Romans eight twenty eight and 29, and we know that God works all things together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Nathan, only God can take those experiences. Let's talk about those a moment. Those experiences that we've created through bad choices, those experiences we've had through interpersonal relationship, those experiences that are awesome and good, the highlights of yeah. our life and they they've you know when we think of good we think yeah. of those mountaintops mountaintops the experiences of what other people have done to us that is wrong or good only god can take those as you said the puzzle pieces and fit them together for what for good now most folks think good is easy mm-hmm. that's not what good is according to 29 what is good is anything that brings you to the place of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And a lot of those difficulties in our lives is what's made us more like Jesus. It might be most of them. Most of them. Either going to make you bitter or better. I know that's a cliche, but you want them to make you better, don't you? Yeah, and it's only, again, abiding in Christ, daily surrender to Christ, to his lordship at work in your life, that you'll... See those turned into good. It's good for those who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. So we need to be about his purpose, living on mission, but also giving those experiences, good and bad, back to God. And we know all good things come from him. So giving those back to him, and he gets the glory for the good, and he can transform the bad again for his glory. You know, I've pastored for many years, so I've been in intensive care rooms, emergency rooms more times than I could count. And I want to tell you, when, when a, the, the family who is suffering from whatever has happened, when someone walks through those doors who've had that same experience before, yeah. they're there to minister. Yep. And God uses the spiritual gifts their experiences, their heart, because a lot of times those bad experiences have developed a heart of passion for you concerning people. Mm -hmm. And God uses that for his glory. God uses that for our good. So we're shaped for mission, spiritual gifts, your heart, abilities, personality, experience. You've been shaped for mission. Let me share with you, if you're listening to this and you said, well, I didn't get the S and the H, spiritual gifts and the heart, you can go to the podcast. Go to AFR.net, AFR.net, that stands for American Family Radio, and go to Exploring Missions, and they have a list of the podcast. And you look for last week's, and you'll find it. And you can put both of them together. And I think you'll understand that you have been shaped for mission. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? It's the most exciting thing in the world. We hope that you will be on mission for God again, as we say, around the world or across the street, across town, or at your workplace. Yeah. Let God use you as a light to the world. Yeah.